Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Okay, so uh, once again, um, uh, you know, we've uh, come, you know, into the time where we're going to listen to God's word. And uh, before, you know, we uh, go into what we need to look for, look at today, I want to say this, you know, very specifically that um, today we're going to close this entire series. Uh, it's been 10 weeks, which means today is week 10. So uh let me just say this, you know, over the last couple of weeks, um, I don't know how much, you know, the Lord has really been speaking and ministering to you, but I pray that, you know, he has been. But let me say this, you know, to me, this whole 10 weeks of, you know, getting into God's word, looking, you know, very specifically at, you know, the topic of the Father's love has been, you know, tremendously, it's been a tremendous experience for me because um, I've learned so many things which I've never learned before. And even though I've gone through this series maybe two times before, you know, uh, every time, you know, like I go through the series, uh, something new, you know, the Holy Spirit keeps reminding me. And that's what he's been doing also, you know, in these last um, nine weeks. And even today, you know, being week 10, God has really spoken a lot to me. And, um, you know, like... Uh, like I said, you know, today is week 10. And if you remember very specifically, uh, the theme verse, you know, that we have been looking at is um, uh, it's there on your screen. It's from the book of Romans, um, you know, where Paul writes to the Roman church where he says this, you know, and this hope um, is not a disappointing fantasy. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. This hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. You know, uh, this is something, this is a verse which I've been saying at the beginning of every message over the last um, nine weeks, you know, 10 weeks odd. But, and I'm hoping that, you know, that we would never forget, you know, a promise, which I believe this is a promise which, you know, God himself has made to his people to his children that means me and that means you if you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your savior there's a promise that he gives that you know through the Holy Spirit who is living inside of us right now we will be able to experience his love to a tremendous um, measure you know there is there is uh, there is no limit up to which we can actually experience you know the love that God our heavenly father has in store for us now um, one thing that you know that I also want each of us to remember you know even as we close the series today is the whole terminology you know the love gap you know which I mentioned uh, over the last couple of weeks okay uh, the love gap okay is something that I would say and I would suggest you know you need to keep that always in mind because uh, like I said you know some of these uh, messages uh, or some of this you know the, the words you know that has been spoken and even these uh, this whole concept the whole um, theory or the idea you know of how much the Lord our God loves us you know we need to always remember this the whole terminology of the called love gap why I say that is because again you know for those of us you know not understood the whole love gap concept let me just say this love gap is something I came up with I'll be very honest with you alright but love gap 
Earth is a space. You might have heard this many times. It's a space. It's a void. It's something it's that exists in each of our hearts, inside my heart, inside your heart. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you don't follow Jesus Christ, but God, our Heavenly Father, has created each of us with the space inside of our hearts. And that's what I like to call the love gap. And just like a car that needs to be filled with fuel, you know, can be petrol, can be diesel, that needs the fuel to run forward, you know, we need the love of the Heavenly Father to be filled inside that space, inside that gap, inside of our hearts, to be able to move forward. And and I've mentioned this many times, you know, over the last 10 weeks, you know, we, we can actually... Um, uh, try to fill up this gap or try to fill up this space with you know a lot of things okay um, like I mentioned you know once um, yes the, you know the fuel prices have shot up okay but um, the, here's, the, here's the biggest question that we need to ask okay can you fill your car with water you can't you can't fill it with water. You can't fill it with whatever you feel like filling it with. The only fuel that it, the car will be able to run forward with is the fuel that it has been designed to run on. And similar is our case. You know, me and you, we can only run on the love of our Heavenly Father. That's the fuel which God, our Heavenly Father, expects us to run on. If we try to run it on our addictions, if we try to run it on our, you know, our accolades and our merits and all of the degrees that, you know, we can possibly accumulate, if we try to run it on the appreciation and all the, you know the the applaud or the you know the the crowd cheering on for us if we try to run it on any of those things over a period of time we will not be able to move forward. so that's something that i always want us each of us you know to remember and if you remember very clearly last week we looked at this very specifically okay turn on the light was the title of last week's message all right and um Turn on the lights, literally, you know, the gist of the entire message was this, you know, we shouldn't be walking in darkness. We saw this very, very, very specific nature or attribute of God, our Heavenly Father. Yes, God is love, but God is also light. All right. And God operates in the light. Who operates in darkness? Our enemy, Satan, operates in darkness. And the more we choose to keep things hidden, the more we choose to keep closed and we don't share, you know, the struggles and the stuff that we're going through with anybody else the more the enemy can start operating in our lives and that can be very dangerous okay today i've titled you know week 10 and uh, over the last few weeks you know we've been looking very specifically at the father's love and like i mentioned you know we need to be filling our love gaps we need to be filling the space inside our hearts with the love that comes from the heavenly father and today we've been very specific what i want to do you know for the time that we have together today is to be able to you know understand or um you know, learn how to be able to stay in the love that God, our Heavenly Father, wants to pour into our lives. Many times, you know, what happens is, it's like the fuel tank of the car. You know, you can fill up the fuel, you can run, you know, for a good number of a good number of kilometers, you can go on for a good distance, but after a period of time, you know, the fuel gets over and it's important that we refill the tank of our car. And, and here's the thing, what I want us to understand is God wants us to be able to fill our hearts on a daily basis. That means every single day, he wants us to refuel. He wants us to refill the space, the gap that exists in our hearts with the love that comes from his presence. So you know, what I want to do today is, you know, I want to really get into that uh, as we close, you know, uh, because I don't want us to just think that, okay, man, I need the love of the father. I know my father loves me, but I want to be able to also learn how to stay in that love or rather, you know, the way that I look at it as, can we refuel? Can we keep refilling our hearts on the every 
everyday basis the love that God our Heavenly Father has for us. Now, here's what I want to start with, okay? And many many of us, you know, we've, we've been a part of some church, okay? We've been a part of, you know, um, um, many Christian movements or many Christian organizations. And one of the things, you know, if, if, you've, if you've been a believer, if you've been a church person, you know, for a very long time, is that at some point, you know, you've, you've attended church, no doubt. You've probably attended some, you know, spiritual conference. You've probably attended some camp, you know, maybe when you were young, you entered into the youth camp or, you know, there was, there was, there was some event, you know, that was inevitably happening, which you had ended up going to. And, and for some of us, okay, which this is very true. I mean, this is true about me that we were able to, you know, have this tremendous, you know, I would call it a dramatic or, you know, a tremendous encounter or a tremendous experience with God, our heavenly father. And we were so filled up and we were so, you know, on fire for God. And we were like, man, this is such an amazing experience. You know, we want to, um, you know, dwell in this presence. But if more or less, you know, you know, this to be true, you know, we would leave that conference, we would leave that camp, we would come back to our normal daily day life. And what would happen? Over a period of time, you know, you know, this to be true, if you if you know what I'm talking about, you find that, you know, that fire, you know, that used to be there. And, and you know, that experience that you had, maybe most of us, you know, we've attended youth camps or, you know, conferences that existed for three days, three days, you're on fire, and you come back, you know, within two weeks, all that fire is gone, you'll be like, you know, who, who turned out the fire, you know, who, who extinguished this fire. Somehow, you know, that, that whole, that whole tangent or you know or if you were to look at the graph you know it's like a graph that had went up so high and suddenly slowly there was a decline you know in that fire in that energy in that enthusiasm everything slowly starts to decline over a period of time and and many times you know if, if you're not careful here's what i've noticed i know this was true about me you know early in my young um, years you know when i was a part of the youth and uh, i was attending youth camps you know what i would do normally is i would either wait for the next experience I would either wait for the next conference or the next camp so that I could go in there. I could again get, you know, charged up. And so what I found myself doing over a period of time was I was just waiting from conference to conference, from camp to camp. Sometimes it was from church on this Sunday to church on next Sunday to, you know, experience, you know, let me say this, the, the, the tremendous presence of God, the tremendous love, you know, that God, our heavenly father, that I could experience and that I could encounter. And here's the truth that we need to understand. God, our Heavenly Father, does not want us to wait for another experience or another encounter with Him. He wants us to experience Him. He wants us to experience His love on a daily basis. Now, now, if you remember, you know, we looked at this uh, parable that Jesus had mentioned. Okay, I like to call it the story of the prodigal father, if you remember that, but it's properly called as, called as the prodigal son story. Okay, and here's what, you know, it's mentioned. Luke records this. Okay, Luke chapter 15, verse 31. It's there again on your screen. Okay, what does the father say to the older brother? Look at what he said. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. If you remember the context of that story very well, what happened in that story? You know, the, you know the story. The younger brother went, wasted his positions, prodigal living. He comes back home. His father receives him. Okay, we looked in depth into that, you know, earlier in the messages series. Okay, and, and the older brother who was out there, when he comes back, he sees this party. He sees this, what's this? He sees this encounter, you know, that his younger brother is having with the heaven, with the father. And he gets jealous. And he's saying, listen, why can't I have that? 
You know, I want that experience. I want that encounter. You know, Father, I've been working in the field, you know, for this, you know, for, for so many years for you. I've been toiling. I've been slaving for you for so many years. Why is it that I can't have that? And this, that is when, you know, the Father responds with this response. He says, Son, you're always with me. And all that I have is yours. You know, here's what the Father was telling the older brother. He was saying, listen, son, you don't just need to depend on that encounter, on that experience, you know, which your younger brother is having. I'm with you always, which means what? You can actually experience this on a daily basis. We don't have to wait for another experience. We don't have to wait for another encounter. We don't have to wait. Oh man, this Sunday church was good. You know, the word was amazing. The worship was great. You know, man, I can't wait for next Sunday. We don't have to do that. We can experience him. We can experience, you know, the tremendous depth of his love on a daily basis. And that's what the desire of our heavenly father is. Now watch what, you know, the apostle John, when he writes to the church, he writes this, you know, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. Here's what he says. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Why? Because he has given us of his spirit. Now watch what he says. He says if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been made perfected in us. How do you know whether you're abiding in the love that God has for you? When you learn to love, you know, one another. And, and here's what he says. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. Okay, come down to verse 16. Here's what he says. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God. And what's this? God in him. Now, you know, um, you, most of us, we know, you know, the rest, the these two verses, well, First uh, John chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Why? Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him. Why? Because he loved us first. You know, John very, very clearly makes an uh, emphasis, you know, on the fact that, man, how do you know that you're abiding in love? It's when you learn to love somebody else. You know, when we, when we, can I say this, you know, when we learn to stay in love on a daily basis, that is when we get conformed to the image of his love, we were, you know, um, when, we, when, we, when we learn to abide in his love on a daily basis, you know what happens? We get conformed to his image we get conformed to his image of his love and 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 the problem you know many times is because many people have experienced a lot of pain they find it very difficult you know to experience a loving healthy relationship now um, you know, one of the things that I've, I've, I've seen, you know, when I've spoken to a lot of young people is uh, I asked them, you know, one of my first questions always, you know, to any person that I meet is, you know, how did you, you know, if, they're, if they've been a Jesus follower for a long time, I ask them this, how did you come to know Jesus? You know, how, can you tell me, you know, what, what was the experience? And I've seen, you know, too many times I've seen people having the sad look expression on their face. And, and, the, and you know, they, they, they come and they say that, well, um, you know, I didn't have anything, any major big experiences. You know, I, I was, um, well, I, I heard about Jesus and, you know, I thought, okay, let me just see what it's all about. And slowly, slowly, you know, and, the, and can I tell you this? Some of these people 
were on fire for God. They are on fire for God. Let me say it that way. They are on fire for God. And, and you know, they feel sad that, you know, they don't have a great dramatic experience to talk about, man, you know, I went through this and I had this and, you know, that's when I decided that, or that's when I came to know that, you know, Jesus is there. And, you know, they don't, they don't have much of a great dramatic experience to really talk about. And, you know, there's no amazing, can I say this, you know, the, the, the word which normally believers use is the word testimony. They don't have a great testimony to say that this is how we came to know the Lord Jesus. And, and it's, it, it makes them sad. It makes them feel like, you know, we've missed out on something. Okay. Can, and, 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 you know, many times, you know, it's true about me. It's true about you. I know I've been there. Many times when you hear, you know, dramatic testimonies or you hear dramatic experiences or miracles and, you know, I'm not against all of those things. You know, it's um, praise God, you know, sometimes when we experience that. But sometimes, you know, when we hear those stories, we feel like, you know, man, I don't know if I'm really close enough to God. You know, I, I, I don't seem to be experiencing any of those things, you know, those people have experienced. And I'm thinking, what if, you know, the older brother also had that particular thing? And why, why is he built to experience that? What did he do, you know, to get that? And why am I not be able to get that? And can I, can I, can I put it this way, okay? There's, 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 there's nothing wrong, okay? Let me say this. There's nothing wrong with um, having a dramatic experience, okay? Or, you know, coming into a place where you had this great encounter, you know, with the Lord. And, you know, there was a great miracle or there's a great testimony that you have to share, you know, how you came to the Lord. But the problem many times is, you know, the problem starts, let me say it that way. The problem starts when we learn to depend on experience after experience after experience rather than experiencing Him on a daily, moment-to-moment basis. Now, one of the things that I've, I've, I've seen, I've learned, okay, over the years is that people can come to know about the Father's love specifically in two ways, all right? And and and, and um, it's there on your screen, okay? Two ways that people normally tend to experience the Father's love. Here's number one, a dramatic experience where there's a huge emotional release, okay? Uh, when, I, when I say that, okay, um, some of you might be able to relate to this when I say this. Um, you, you probably were in this place where uh, you were in a youth camp or you were in a conference. It could be even in church. You know, there was a powerful move of the Holy Spirit, you know, in that particular church service, you know, that you first time you experienced God and 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 you know there was a, such a release and there was you know you could feel God's presence so powerfully and you know you you burst out crying or you know there are there have been uh, stories where people have said told me that you know they were rolling on the floor and there was this huge you know they felt the Holy Spirit was filling them and 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 you know that's one way of experiencing the Father's love but here's is another way all right another way which people actually experience the Lord and uh, the love of the Father is by humility and by faith. And and can I say this? Okay, people who experience the Lord without a dramatic experience, without any of those big miracles or big testimonies, and you know, they didn't feel the presence of God or any of those things, they do so through humility and faith. And even though, you know, their transformation is a slow process, the truth is they are being transformed. And, you know, many times, what I've found many times is people who have come through no dramatic experiences and people have come through, you know, humility. They were, they humbled themselves and they took a step of faith that, you know, yes, God loves me and I'm going to go forward, you know, with this relationship. Their transformation has been very, very consistent. Okay. Now, why do I say that? Because many times, okay, here's the problem, you know, with uh, just depending on a dramatic experience. Okay. The problem with depending on a dramatic experience is many times, you know, we're driven by emotion. 
we're driven by emotion you know when you go through you know a particular experience like that you know like i said you know i put it up on his there's a huge emotional release you burst out crying you know you you feel so good you feel like man god is really speaking to me you know the messages that are spoken you know in that conference in that camp all of those messages i felt like you know god was really speaking to me and it's good i'm not trying to minimize that i'm not trying to say that that's a bad thing you know sometimes god moves that way all i'm trying to say this please get me is that we shouldn't be dependent on our emotions and get carried away just by our emotions and the problem why i say that's a problem is because many times you know for people who have experienced dramatic encounters or dramatic experiences is they find it very difficult you know to move out of that they find it very difficult to come to a place where they can humble themselves and take a step of faith and say that you know what i don't feel the presence of god but i know god is with me i don't feel like you know i don't sense his love for me right now but i know that he loves me that's a step of faith and that's where we all of us you know if we want to experience you know the love of the father on a daily basis we need to you know come to a place where we're willing to humble ourselves and we're willing to come to a place of faith and say that you know what even though i don't feel it in my emotions even though you know i don't i don't feel charged up and i don't feel on fire i know by the truth of what god's word tells me is that god is with me and that god loves me even though i don't feel it right now now what i want to do you know um, is i want to show us very three specific areas all right abiding in love staying in love you know on a daily basis okay we need to focus on you know these three primary areas which i want to just talk about just for a moment all right and i believe that you know when we constantly put our efforts you know to uh, focus and make sure that you know we are um, these three areas are in check you know that we are making sure that we're following them we would be able to experience the love for heavenly father on a daily basis now so here's here's point number 1 if we want to abide in the father's love we want to stay in love you know or let me put it the way that i like to look at it as if we want to constantly refill you know our our space our love gap with the love that comes from the heavenly father we need to learn to walk in the spirit now i'll explain you know what walking in the spirit means okay but walking in the spirit let me say this okay it's it's a daily process all right it's a moment by moment you know uh, a step by step act that we do on a very daily basis you know let me say this it's determined by every decision i make whether i choose to, you know it's it's the decision normally you know revolves around whether i choose to you know f- um, uh, focus on the things of the father okay and live in peace or whether i'm choosing to focus on self love i you know i love myself and all the things that concerns me and continue you know instead of living in peace i live in fear and in insecurity okay now here's you know the observation that paul makes and he writes it to the church at rome okay it's there on your screen romans chapter 8 was 5 to 6 here's what he says for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace you know here's 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 what paul is the observation that is making you know if if you're living according to the flesh all right you will set your mind on the things of this earth you will set your mind on the things of the flesh you know what is your need you know whether are you getting what you are supposed to get are you looking at you know all of those things that concerns you you will only be looking at those things but here's what he goes on to say he says those who live according to the spirit okay they are more concerned their primary focus is always on the things of the kingdom their primary focus is always on the things you know that concerns and that matters to god 
right? I'm not saying that, you know, our personal things don't matter to God, they do. But when our focus becomes only that, over the things what God wants, then we start living according to the flesh. And guess what? We can actually hinder ourselves from experiencing or filling our tanks or filling our love gap with the love that comes from His presence. Okay, now, you know, I want to make a confession, all right? Because this this happens to me even right now, okay, on a daily basis, all right? There are, there are times, I'll just be honest, okay? There are times for me personally that, you know, uh, days where I can actually experience the presence of God, I can pray for hours together, I can, you know, spend time meditating on the word together for hours together, and I feel good, and I feel like, you know, my, my focus is on the kingdom, my focus is on what God is doing in my life, and, you know, what I need to do for God, and, you know, all of those things, you you know, my focus and I feel really good and there is a sense of joy that comes into my heart but let me be honest that's a, my honest confession is there are days when I don't feel like praying there are days you know when I don't feel like reading God's word there are days when I feel like man I, you know I become very insecure about myself and I feel like you know um, I'm, I'm looking for the you know the applaud from people and I'm looking for the praises from people and I'm wishing that man is there something that I'm missing is there something that I'm not doing right and here's the thing that I found myself doing over the last, you know, couple of years. Every time I feel that way, one of the things that I've learned to do, I've, I've made myself do is, you know, when I come back into my time with the Lord, when I come back into my prayer closet, I go into the Lord's presence and I ask for forgiveness and I tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I've been focused on myself. I've not been focusing on you. And I ask for, you know, forgiveness. I come into his presence and, you know, I feel like I can come back and I can feel like I can experience his love again. Now, this is very, very important for us to understand. This is very, very key. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, on a daily basis, you know, you'll always feel 100%. You will not. There will be days that you won't feel like praying. There will be days like, you know, you feel like, man, I can't read God's word. It's too boring. I, man, I just don't feel like doing anything. Okay. And can I say this? Because our fleshly nature is weak. You know, and our spirit may be strong. You know, if you remember, Jesus said this, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There are days, I promise you, you've experienced, you know, some of you know this to be true. There are days when your flesh will not feel like doing anything. But that's okay. Because the, the Lord, you know, loves us so much. But the most important thing to be able to learn to walk in the spirit is to be able to go back to the presence of the Father and say, Lord, you know, let me say this. I'm, I'm being very, very honest and, you know, transparent here right now, okay? There have been days when I've told the Lord, Lord, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading your word, Lord. I don't know whether it's my problem or what, Lord, you fix up my mind, you fix up my heart. Maybe my heart is moving away. I don't know what it is. I've been very blunt and honest to Lord. I've told him straight out what I feel and what I am going through. And every time I've done that, I've seen this to be true. Maybe in a few hours, maybe even one or two days later, I feel there was a fresh wave of the Holy Spirit coming back. And suddenly, you know, I feel like going back and I can, you know, go back and do that. And I'm just saying, you know, it's a cyclic process. But the most important part of that cyclic process is to be able to come back into the presence of the Father and say that, Lord, I'm sorry, but I just don't feel like doing any of these things. Okay. This is very important for us to understand, to be able to learn to abide in the love of our Heavenly Father. Now, let me say this, okay? For me, you know, when I look at you, what do you mean by, you know, walking in the Spirit, okay? Uh, I put it up on your screen, okay? Walking in the Spirit, you know, this is my definition, if you can call it. Walking in the Spirit is a moment-by-moment moment walking with humility and repentance, dealing with the things as they are now. 
and not waiting for a dramatic experience. You know, too many times, you know, what, what we do is, you know, when, like I said about the cyclic process, when we don't feel, you know, the Father's presence, when we don't feel like praying, when we don't feel like reading God's, do you know what we would normally wait for? We wait for church. We wait for another camp. We wait for, you know, the conference. And when we hear something like that is happening, because we remember what happened in the last camp or because we remember what happened in the last conference, we tend to emulate, we try to, you know, copy and we say that, man, this camp is going to, you know, bring it back all together. This camp is going to bring the reward. This conference is going to bring everything back together. And because, you know, our tendency is to depend on those things, we fail to walk on a daily basis in the spirit. And God, what's this? And God, our heavenly father, wants us to walk in the spirit on a daily basis. Why? When we learn to walk in the spirit on a daily basis, with humility, with repentance, we learn to abide in his love on a daily basis. Uh, way. You know, this again, Paul makes this um, uh, uh, quotation, you know, in the book of Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 13 to 16. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But by the spirit, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And here's what he says, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, the, the most important thing for us to understand, okay, is that we have received the spirit of of adoption you know we are his children which means that you know there are, there are times you know when we don't feel like doing anything but the freedom that god has given to us is the heavenly father's freedom that he's given to his children that you can run into his presence every single time that you want to. nothing will hold you back from running into his presence you know if you remember um i mean one of one of my favorite passages in the bible you know where jesus you know when jesus is walking and and uh, this is uh, this this demon possessed man that he comes across okay and um, they call you know his name as legion apparently because there was there was a lot of demons that he was possessed with and one of the things that's very very notable in that particular portion of scripture is that even though he was demon possessed with a lot of demons what did not it did not stop him from running to jesus and in fact, you know, I don't have it up on your screen, okay? It just, this came up right now. I don't, I didn't prepare for, you know, this particular passage of scripture, okay? But it says very clearly that the Jesus, you know, as he was walking by there, this demon-possessed man, this man who was possessed by legion, ran and fell down at the feet of Jesus and worshipped him. How was that possible? That was possible because, you know, Nothing, so this is something that we need to remember, nothing can stop us from running into the presence of the Father. And this is why we need to remember this, you know, because he's given us that privilege to be called as the children of God. We can run into his presence anytime and no matter what you have done, you know, we don't have to hold back. We don't have to feel ashamed. We don't have to say that, man, I'm not worthy to be in this place. I can go back into his presence every single time. Now what, you know, this is something that the enemy Satan does not want us to go through. Ah, the, the enemy, Satan, you know, does not want us to be dwelling or abiding in his presence on an every single day basis. In fact, you know, <laughs> let me let me say this, okay. Um, Satan's, uh, put it up on your screen. Satan's three basic tactics that he uses to prevent us from abiding or staying in love. Here's three things. I've, I've tried to put three D words there, okay. Uh, number one, he tries to distract us. Number two, despoil. Despoil literally means to rob away, to steal, okay. 
D word. Okay, D distract, despoil, and destroy. Now, um, what, what do I mean by these three words? Okay, let me let me just say this. Okay, um, if I remember, when I remember, you know, my early years. Okay, when I was walking with the Lord, I just became a Jesus follower. You know, one of the enemy's primary things, you know, that he used to distract me with. Okay, was when I would listen to other people's testimonies. When I would listen to other people's, you know, the great miracles that God had done for them in their life. I, I just mentioned this some time ago. You know, every time I would listen to one of those stories, you know, I would feel good on the outside. Wow, you know, God moved in such a great way in their life. And I would come back and I would think to myself, hey, why is it that those people are experiencing all of those things? Why aren't those things happening in my life? And I used to get really discouraged. I used to hit rock bottom and I used to feel like, man, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not praying enough. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe God doesn't love me enough. I don't, I mean, why is it that, you know, I'm not able to see any of those breakthroughs or those miracles or those great things happen in my life. Why is it that it's happening in their life? And can I say this, you know, that is exactly how the enemy wants to distract us. Like I said earlier, you know, when we learn to understand that, you know, that uh, we are learning, when we learn to walk in humility and in faith, we believe by faith, you know, we take a step of faith and we know that, you know, because the word of God is true and because the word of God says that, you know, God is with me. God is loving me, even though I don't feel it, even though I don't see things happening around me, will we still be able to look at the Lord and say that the Lord still loves me? For many of us, you know, it's a big question mark because when we don't see things happening in our lives, the big question mark that, you know, the enemy puts into our minds is, hey, I don't think the Lord loves you or, you know, there's something wrong with you or there's something that's not right in you. That's why, you know, these things are happening. And many times, you know, we get deceived and we get distracted from the love of our Heavenly Father. And that prevents us and, um, you know, that prevents us from staying in love, that prevents us from abiding and being in present, you know, in the love that our Heavenly Father has for us, you know. Um, let me say this, okay, we cannot depend on our emotions. We can't. We can't depend on an emotional experience every single time to experience the love of the Father because our emotional experiences are not enough to experience the full tremendous abundant measure of love that he has for us you know the second thing that i mentioned there he spoils he despoils okay he takes away okay uh, every time you know um every time you know i would i would um, do something wrong you know one of the things that the enemy tried to do was you know he would of course um, i would do something wrong i would recognize that but i would always try to you know defend myself because inside, even though I'm feeling guilty, even though I'm feeling bad, even though, you know, I'm feeling shameful about everything that has happened, there was a lot of self-condemnation that I would do upon myself. This is me being just frank with the, all of you. This is what used to run in my mind years ago when I first started following Jesus. I used to think that, man, I'm messed up. You know, I used to think that, man, you know this. And, and every time, you know, someone would come to me and even try to point out, you know, man, Danny, I think you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't have done this. I would, you know, immediately everything inside of me would jump up and defend myself and I would go on and say that, no, that's not true and this thing, okay. And what would happen over a period of time was, you know, I would lose out. I would lose out, you know, on things that this. I mentioned last week, you know, I lost out on a relationship. Why? Because I was trying to, you know, prove myself to somebody. I was, I'm not saying that I was wrong back there. If you go back and listen to that, you can. Okay, but many times, you know, when we're not careful, he can take away the things without even our knowledge. And he brings in all of the shame and all of this guilt and, you know, this 
self-condemnation that comes in and we miss out on being able to abide in his love because we feel ashamed to come back into his presence. It's happened to me so many times. I remember I've stayed away from church, you know, a couple of weeks together. Why? Because I felt like I didn't belong there. I felt like, man, those people are holy people. Man, I don't, I just don't belong there. I missed out on cell groups that used to happen because I felt, no, no, no. You know, uh, me, you know, how can I pray out and how can I do all of these things? I'm not, I'm not worthy. And these are the thoughts here. And that's why, you know, he would literally steal away the inheritance that my father, heavenly father had for me. Now, here's the third thing okay, that I mentioned there, okay, is destroys. Now, now let me, let me just say this, okay. This is again comes from last week as well. I would say this was probably a continuation, a little continuation from last week about staying in the light, okay. Um, you know, we all sin. We all fall into sin. There's no doubt about that. We all do certain mistakes. We all commit sin. Some of our sins are not very obvious. That's what I say. But many of us, you know, we carry the sin of pride. We carry, you know, the sin. Of, a lot of sins, you know, we carry inside our thought life as well. But can I, can I make that statement? Okay, I've, I've got it up on your screen. When we fall into sin, it's important that we immediately, when we... If you're able to immediately recognize it, it's important that we confess it. And too many times, confession does not happen. Too many times, you know what we do? We recognize that it's a sin. We feel bad about it. We feel guilty. We feel ashamed that, you know, we did something like that. But too many times, we just let it go. We never come into a place where we come back into the presence of the Heavenly Father and we ask for forgiveness. Now, here's, here's, let me, let me say this, okay? Um, it's important we keep short accounts with God. Now, what do I mean by short accounts? Okay, if, you, if you've been into a bank, if you forget bank, bank is like an outdated statement for all the young people today, right? Um, if you've borrowed money, yeah, that, that works well, right? If you've borrowed money from somebody, you owe that person some money, right? And, and the longer you keep it, the more longer it's going to be a burden on you. You understand what I'm talking about? Because you always, every time you see them and if you owe them money, you'll be like, oh man, I have to give them money. Oh man, I need to give them money. And you know, it's, it's not easy for us to be with those people. Why? Because back of our minds, it's always running that, I owe them, I owe them, I owe them. It keeps running in our minds. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and so the, the, the important thing is, you know, we need to keep a short account. The minute we get the money, if we clear it off, everything is cleared. And we're free to move. And every time, you know, they come together, you know, those people come back into our lives. It's easy to connect with them. It's easy to relate to them. Why? Because there's nothing that, you know, that is that we owe them anymore. And that's the same thing when it comes to God. Many times, you know, what we do is, man, we feel, we, we do one sin, we don't conf we don't come back into the presence of the Father, we don't, you know, um, ask for forgiveness, we don't do all of that, we just feel bad about it. And then after a week, you know, this, and and, and um, I remember, you know, when I, when, I, when I learned this principle of immediately, you know, confessing it, immediately, you know, um, asking the Lord for forgiveness, um, the problem, you know, that I went through was that, you know, I would do a sin, I would commit a sin, I would go into the presence of the Father immediately, ask for forgiveness, and then, you know, just a few hours later, I would commit another sin, again, I'll go back to the presence of fathers, and I'd be thinking like, man, what would the Father be thinking about me? Every, every single hour, I seem to be running into the presence, asking for forgiveness, asking for forgiveness, asking for forgiveness. I used to feel bad. So I used to think that, you know what, maybe I'll wait for two days. You know, do whatever it's supposed to be doing wrong and then, you know, make a whole list and then go to it. Can I tell you this, church? That is exactly what 
the enemy wants us to do. He doesn't want us to come into the presence of the Father. And to be able, and this is this is what prevents us from abiding in his presence on a continual basis. Because the minute we confess, the minute we, you know, come before the Lord and ask for forgiveness and clear it off, there's nothing in the air between you and your heavenly Father. The enemy cannot operate. But the longer you keep the sin inside of you, the longer you keep that unconfessed sin inside of your life, it will cause you to move away from the presence of your heavenly father. And that is what the enemy wants you to do. And when we move away from the heavenly father, guess what will not happen? We will not be able to stay in love. We will not be able to abide in the love that God wants to fill our hearts with. Now, you know, uh, it's uh, that's why, you know, it's important to be able to Understand, let me just put up, you know, that, um, that, that slide again, okay? The three basic things, you know, that Satan tries to do. He tries to distract you by hearing all of these other things. People are getting breakthroughs. People are experiencing miracle. Nothing is happening in your life. He tries to, you know, make sure that, you know, you feel you live a constant life, life of condemnation. You feel a constant life of shame and guilt and all of these things that you're carrying inside your heart. And he wants to destroy. He wants to literally, you know, take away that relationship that you have with your heavenly father. He wants to destroy that relationship that you have with your heavenly father. So that what? you will not be able to stay or abide in the love that the Heavenly Father has for you. Now, you know, so that is why it's important to be able to learn to walk in the Spirit. You know, there's so much more that I could talk about this, but, you know, maybe we'll do that some other time, okay? One more thing that I want to say about walking in the Spirit, this is very important, all right, is to learn to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking. Many times, you know, um, people think that, man, it's not the Holy Spirit speaking, it's me. You know what? I would say to that, you're not that smart. I mean that, okay? you're not that smart, that you have such a brilliant thought that, you know, you should do this or you should do that, okay? The Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit speaks that and it will be in line with what the Word of God has to say. It will never be out of, you know, the Word of God. The, let me say this, what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do will never be out of the line of what the truth of God's word is. It will never be. They will always be hand in hand. And that's why, you know, every single day, we need to learn to develop a process of talking to the Holy Spirit. You know, when you wake up, say, good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, some of you remember that famous book Benny Hinn had written years ago. I used to love reading that book. Okay, good morning, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you want to tell me today? You know, what, what, and, and you know, when you develop that kind of a process, it begins, you know, we start learning to walk in the Spirit. And when we start doing that, guess what happens? We learn to continuously fill our hearts with the love that comes from the Heavenly Father. Here's, here's point number two, all right? The primary area of focus that we need to keep focusing on Okay, if we want to abide or we want to stay in love on a daily basis, is we need to learn to be humble before God and before man. You know, I don't know if you've, any of you have heard of the man Andrew Murray. Okay, Andrew Murray is a great author. One of, you know, he's one of my favorite authors. He's um, a very old time author. Okay, I'll put it that way. And uh, one of the, the things I love about, you know, Andrew Murray, he's written a lot of books on prayer. If you can grab a copy of, you know, his book on prayer, you should do that. Amazing stuff he writes on prayer. I used to love reading. I still, you know, go back to those books once in a while. He makes a very, very important statement. He says this, humility before God is best measured by our humility before man. How do you know that you're humble before God? The test is very simple. Are you humble before man? And if you say that you're humble before man, guess what? That means you're also humble before God. Now, 
I want to say this, okay? The number one hindrance to an intimate or a close walk with God, our Heavenly Father, is the absence of humility. You know, humility is the way, is the way, I would say is the key way to learning to abide in the presence of our Heavenly Father, is the way to abide in the love that our Heavenly Father has for us. Now, you know, uh, many times, you know, it's easy to say that we are humble, Right. It's very easy to say that you're humble, but uh, I made a list of things. Okay, uh, this is something that I used to go through, and um, you listen to this list. You know, you figure it out, Faisal. But can I say this? You know, if you fall into this list, any one of the things is true about you. Guess what? You're not humble. All right. And, uh, so here's here's a couple, here's the first thing. Okay, uh, when we are concerned, I'm just going to read it out to you. Okay, when we're more concerned with what other people think than what God thinks of us. That means there's an absence of humility. Let me say that again. When you are more concerned with what other people think about you than what God thinks about you, that means there's an absence of humility. Here's point number two. When we justify our behavior, when we blame, you know, shift the blame to somebody else, when we accuse somebody else, when we find fault with the others, when we constantly criticize other people, okay, or we seek to vindicate ourselves, guess what? That's the absence of humility, okay? When we keep, I mean, if you remember this, okay, um, the next point is, you know, from the message that we spoke about two weeks ago, okay, rights versus relationship. When we rather be right than have a relationship, that's the absence of humility. That means, you know, there's no humility. with When we value our rights more than the relationship, there's an absence of humility that we have, okay? Here's, here's another one. When we do not confess our sins and our failures to other people, Already, we saw this last week about, you know, turning on the lights. It's important that we learn to come to a place where we're willing to share, you know, our sins and we confess, you know, or be transparent with the people around us, not just before God, but even people around us, okay? And if you are not able to do that, if you're not able to share, you know, with people or with anybody around you, that means there is an absence of humility. An absence of humility means just one thing, pride. All right. The reason why many people don't want to open up about their lives and share with anybody, you know why? Because there's pride. They're just, they're just too proud to you know, admit that they're weak. They're just too proud to admit that they've messed up. There's flaws inside of their lives. All right. Now, now here's another thing, okay? Um, when we, you know, when we do not acknowledge our sins against love, that's an absence of humility. Now, I want you to, you know, just uh, think of this list just for a moment. And you put Jesus in each of these situations, okay? I'm just going to go back through that list, okay? When we are more concerned with what other people think than what God thinks of us, put Jesus there. Do you think Jesus was more concerned with what people thought than what God thought of him? We all know this answer. If you read the life of Jesus, you know this to be true. Jesus thought of more importantly of what God thought of him than what the people thought of him. Think about, you know, did Jesus ever justify his behavior? Did Jesus ever, you know, shift the blame, pass the buck to somebody else? Did he accuse anybody else? Did he criticize anybody else? You know, did he seek to, you know, justify himself? No. Did he value his rights over the relationship? No. You know, here's a question. We know this to be true. Jesus was very, very humble. Can we come to a place where we're willing to humble ourselves? You know, Peter, who understood this, he wrote this to the church in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 6. You know, he says this, clothe yourself with humility. You know, many times, you know, today, thanks to the lockdown, we don't go out anywhere much, do we? So we don't concern about the clothes that we wear. And especially me, Abhi, again, another honest confession. I, I, I forgot the last time I used the iron box. You know why? Because I wear a PPE kit at my workplace. 
So who's going to look if my shirt is a sun shirt and pant dry or not? Some of you have not even seen your outdoor clothes in a very long time. You've been at home the whole day. All right. I'm just saying, and here's what he's saying. Okay, clothe yourself with humility. Put on. If you should put on any clothes, you know what you should be putting on the clothes of. It should not be, uh, you know, uh, nylon or uh, cotton wear or anything. Put on humility. That's what Peter is writing to the church, and he's saying, put on humility. And watch what he says. Clothe yourself with humility towards one another. He's not saying, you know, be, you know, put on this tag. I'm humble, and just walk around like that. He's saying, put on humility. Towards one another, okay. Because what says God opposes the proud and give grace to the humble. And humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Here's a question: Are we constantly on a daily basis clothing ourselves with humility, not towards ourselves but towards the other people? That shows how humble you are. And when you are humble before people. You are humble before God. Now, you know, um, before before you know, I knew these things. Okay, um, many times, you know, what one of the things that I constantly found myself doing was I constantly used to justify my behavior. I don't know if you do that, okay, um, but you know, I'm. It's another true confession. I used to constantly justify the my behavior. You know, my the words that I have spoken, the deeds that I have done. I and and the thing about me is. Um, you know that's a gift that god's given me i'm a good communicator i know that because god's gifted me that i can convince you very easily why i'm in the right and why you're in the wrong i can all right and that's why you know um i've had friends who have told me there's no point talking to you because you will ultimately prove that i'm wrong and you're right all right and 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 you know so many times you know um i've i've come into a place where I just, I just had an answer for everything. I had an answer for every single thing that was happening, you know. And then if someone would come and point fingers at me, I could easily turn that finger to some other direction. It was very easy for me to convince some people to do that. So, you know, <laughs> there's some statements, you know, that um, that you know that I've again written down. Okay, and um, the reason I'm I'm bringing this up is because you know if you find yourself in a place where you constantly have excuses, you know, to come up with against everything. That's there. There's a possibility that there is a root of pride that exists inside your heart, and I'll be honest. I had a deep root of pride, and sometimes, you know, if I'm not careful, even today, this deep root of pride does sometimes take over my life, and you know, it's a constant breaking process that we need to go through. So I'm going to read out again a list of statements. Okay, I don't know if you've made this statement up before, because I've made this so many times. You know, right from before I became a Jesus follower, the time I became a Jesus follower, and sometimes even today. All right, here's the first statement. Okay, I've got to keep my walls up, or someone will hurt me again. Have you ever stayed, heard that statement? You know, I've got walls up. I don't allow anybody into my life because I've been hurt before, and I'm not sure I want to get hurt again. So you know what? I'll keep away from everybody. You know what that that is? It's a sin when you make a statement like that. Now you're asking me, oh, Danny, how can you say that that's a sin? All right, I'll tell you why it is. It's called the sin of independence. You know what the sin of independence is? The sin of independence literally is you telling yourself that you know what. Indirectly, when you make a statement that I'm not going to allow anybody into my life, you know what you're really saying? You're saying this that you know I don't need anybody. Indirectly, that's what you're saying. And guess what? Guess what God said when He created Adam, and He was yet to create the female. It's not good that man is alone. It's not good that man is alone. And when you are saying that you know it's good for me that I'm alone, 
guess what you're doing? You're sinning against the very plan that God has for you. God has meant us for relationships with people. And the more we distance ourselves with people, the more we say that, man, I have been hurt before. I've tried whatever you have said, Danny, but I've been hurt so many times before. All right. We are getting into the sin of independence. Now, here's another statement, you know, that I used to make. Okay. Danny, um, you know, you spoke about being honest and transparent and real and all of those things. Okay. The, the reason I don't want to be transparent about what my life is really like is because then they will come to really know who I really am. They will really come to know who I really am. You know, and then the problem with that is they will really begin to reject me. So many realities, right? But I'm just saying, you know, Many times, you know, people are scared, you know, to open up and share because, man, we've lived a bad life before. We've had a very bad past. And I'm not sure you want to hear those stories because I like us, you know, the way we are right now. We're good friends right now. If you hear about the stuff that I've been through and the stuff that I've done before, you may never want to befriend me again. And this is the same thought I remember when I walked into the church for the first time. This was years ago. You know, I didn't want anybody in the church to know what I've been through and what I've done. Because I used to think that, man, they would think, what a kind of guy this Danny is. All right. And, and you know, can I say this? Okay. That's a sin of pride. That's another sin. That's a sin of pride. You're, you're, you're telling yourself, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm good this way. I'm good this way. And this, you know, that's what I'm saying. The root behind a statement like that is the root of pride. Now, Here's a statement that I found myself doing, you know, many times, okay, I'm just so tired, you know, and especially, you know, when I get back home from work, sometimes and I am really tired, okay, and many times, okay, again, another true, I'm making too many true confessions today, I'm tired. okay, um, another true confession uh, that I, when I'm too tired, when I come back home, all right, um, I've got two boys, and the problem with boys is that they're too hyperactive. Okay, so when you're dead tired and you come back home, all you want to do is, you know, just sit down or just lie down. You don't want to do anything. Okay, and there are times, you know, when my boys come and they drag me into their games. They, dra- they drag me into, you know, doing things with them. And sometimes when I'm too tired, I just yell at them. I just, you know, lose my cold. I yell at them. I get angry. And I say that, you know, just leave me alone for some time. Let me just rest for a while and then I come and play with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, can I say this? Okay. It's, it's difficult. And because, you know, after some time I realized that I shouldn't have yelled at them because I was too tired. It was wrong of me to do. Okay. Because they love me, they want to play with me. And, you know, they want me to play with them. The, you know, the vice versa, whatever. But I realized that, you know, I've just, I've just dented, you know, something that was, that could have been a great time between me and my boys. Sometimes I've yelled at my wife. Because man, just just stop talking for a while, you know. Let me just let me just place myself in, okay. And 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 I've you know I've gone back and I've gone back to them. I've gone back to my boys. I've gone back to my wife and I've told them, listen, I'm sorry. I, I was just too tired, you know. I've made that excuse, but I'm just saying, listen. If you find yourself making those excuses, then there's something that you need to realign with. You need to humble yourself and say that, listen, that's something that was wrong of me to do. All right. Another statement. Okay. You don't know what I've been going through at work. I'm stressed out. I just don't feel like talking. I just don't feel like talking. All right. That's a sin of separation. You know, uh, man was separated from God in the garden of Eden. Okay. And the truth was man was hiding from God. We've seen this, you know, in the previous messages of the series. Okay. We can't play hide and seek with God. God wants us to be with him and he wants to be with us. 
okay so 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 you know every time you make the statements okay of you know being to yourself and you know withdrawing yourself away from people and in fact solomon the wisest man here's a statement that he makes in proverbs chapter 18 verse 1 a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and you know what the problem with that seeking your own desire is you're not seeking what god the lord has for you you're not seeking for what you know god wants to have do for you and as a result what happens if you're not seeking after what god wants for you you're going in the other direction and that's called sin all right so 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 that's point number 2 all right and um, here's a statement you know before we go into point number 3 and we close with that okay i can choose either to live in pride or to walk in humility before god and man i can humble myself and i can you know uh, before god and before man and i can humble myself and clothe myself with humility and say that listen i was in the wrong You know, it's important that you know when you're in the wrong, when you recognize that you are in the wrong, it's important that you go and confess, or you go and apologize. You know, to the people that you've hurt, whether you're in the right or whether in the wrong. Ultimately, like I said, you know, this is again three weeks back. Okay, right versus relationship. What's more important to you, that you are right and that they were wrong, or that relationship? Does that matter to you? it requires us to humble ourselves to come to a place where we say that we value the relationship more and that's why i'm saying you know it's a choice that we make on a daily basis listen am i going to choose pride and am i going to say you know what let them come to me first when you know when somebody else has wronged you and you're saying that let them come to me first let them apologize first you know what that is that's pride but are you willing to humble yourself and say that you know what this relationship is important i can't allow them you know to keep this i need to you know try and reconcile you know this relationship that is walking in humility so two areas you know that we just looked at we need to walk in the spirit we need to learn to walk in humility before god and before man and here's number 3 all right to be able to abide in god's love on a daily basis it's important to be able to transparent it's a long word okay I, i'm sorry i couldn't get anything better than this transparent witnessing okay transparent witnessing it's very long yeah, i know that i'll tell you why i call it transparent witnessing okay um we, we i i explained this last week okay and i want to quickly you know go through this again all right it's important for us you know when we fall to be able to come before god and say that man I've sinned before you Lord and I ask for forgiveness and you know it's important that we do that but it's also important to be able to confess or to be able to share you know your sins with someone who's a close trusted aid or a close trusted spiritual leader it's important to do that and I said this last week you know two important things that we need to go through on a constant daily basis number one we need to be able to ask for forgiveness of sin and number two we need to be cleansed of the sin that we have done and forgiveness is done as we come into the lord's presence and ask him for forgiveness cleansing is done when we learn to go and confess it to someone else you know who is a spiritual leader or someone whom you can trust who is spiritually more mature or equally mature to you it's important that we learn to do that on a daily basis and 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 the reason why i'm saying that is you know many times you know what we do is we love to witness before the lord and 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 too many times you know witnessing is like you know you're going and sharing the gospel you're going and telling everyone listen this is what god did in my life and i'm all about sharing testimonies i'm all about that but you know what i've observed many times about testimonies that people share people love to talk about you know uh, what god has done for them and that's how a testimony should be but very less have i seen people emphasize or go through the st- the real struggles that the people have gone through you know 
<laughs> and and can I say this? You know, many times, you know, when you're not coming to a place where you're willing to, you know, share. Okay, now for example, you know, if you if you're struggling with pornography, okay, if you're struggling with some kind of addiction, and you say that, you know, what I was addicted to this. But the Lord set me free. And then I began to walk with the Lord. And we focus so much, you know, on what God has done. And that's a good thing. But you know why we fail to witness before the others and why people in the world can't connect to a testimony like that? Because they don't know the struggles that you've gone through. They don't know the real, you know, the story that, you know, all of the pain and all of the, you know, the turmoils and the struggles that you went through before you experienced, you know, the deliverance that came from the Lord. And it's important to, you know, maintain a fine balance. And that's why I'm saying, you know, many times we love to witness, but we don't love to transparently witness. We don't want anybody to see the weaknesses and the flaws inside of us. You know, too many times we are so this concerned about, you know, what people are going to think about us, you know, after we share this testimony. That's why, you know, <laughs> um, can, I, can I say this? You know, what the world needs to hear today is the struggles that we as the children of God go through. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you know what the world can really connect to? The world can really connect to Jesus when they see the struggles that you as a person has also gone through. And many times, we don't want to share that with anybody. We're so closed up and we're so, you know, so, so guarded, you know, about, you know, the struggles that we're going through. And we would just say, if, some, if we hear somebody else, you know, share something, we'll say, oh, just trust in Jesus, just pray to Jesus, you know, he'll set you free. Hello. Okay. But if we were to able to come out and say that, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the same thing. Okay, and they might be trying, you know, heads up and, you know, standing upside down, trying to, you know, get free from all of those things, but they can't really understand what is going to help them to get free. And here you are, you know, if you're willing to be transparent and open about the struggles that you're going through, and then they see those struggles and watch this, and they see that the Lord is working inside of your life through those struggles. You know what that is called? That's called transparent witnessing. And the world needs more of those, you know, where they can see the struggles, they can see, you know, the stuff that you've gone through so that they can see the power of God at work in your life as well. Hey, they also went through this. And that's what a real witness should really be about. The witness, you know, who's able to come out and say that, you know what, this is what I was struggling with. These are the things that I was doing. These are my thoughts that I used to have. These are the things that I used to speak and these are the actions that I used to do. But you know what, I was struggling and then I started praying and then, you know, I started seeing, you know, some changes and suddenly, you know, over a period of time, I didn't see those urges anymore. I didn't see myself going back to those things anymore. And there was something that was inside of me that was preventing me from going there. That's what the world needs to see. You know, can I, can I say this, okay? Three things that happens, okay, I'll close with this. Three things that happen, you know, when you're real, when you're real, when you're open, when you're transparent about your life, okay? Three things that happen. You know, when you're, first of all, you know, when you are completely open and transparent about the struggle that you're going through, let it be a sin, let it be an addiction, let it be whatever, you know, the struggle that you're going through. When you're open and honest and transparent about that to your spiritual leader or to someone who's spiritually mature, okay, you know what happens? It keeps you accountable. If it's a sin, if it's an addiction, it keeps you accountable. And because you shared it with somebody else, okay, it's important to confess it before God. It's important to ask for forgiveness. And can I say this? God will forgive you every single time that you confess it before him. He's not going to say, oh, come on, Danny, again? Or oh, really, again? He's not going to do that. He's going to say, just like the story of the prodigal father, he's going to open his arms and say, it's okay, come back. It's okay, come back. Every single hour, guess what? Even if it's every single second, 
He's willing to open up his arms and hug you and embrace you. But you need to be able to come into that place. But here's what I'm saying. You know, it's important, you know, that the, when we learn to confess it with somebody else, it keeps me accountable. And when I've shared it with somebody else, when I open up my struggle with somebody else, you know, it keeps me accountable. So the next time I'm, you know, prompted to go back into that particular area, I remember, man, I need to go and share this again with other people. Can I tell you this? Okay, again, one more true confession. Okay, for years together, I've struggled with the lust of the eyes. I have. Okay, and what really, you know, set me on a path to freedom, okay, or deliverance from that was when I was able to come out and share it, you know, with my spiritual leader and with, you know, with the people that was close to me. And I shared it with them openly. You know, I said, this is what runs in my mind. And these are the thoughts that I think. And these are the, you know, the things that I look at. Can I tell you that? You know, the next time when I was, I felt like going back into it, I was able to withdraw. Why? Because, man, I had to keep going back and telling. And over a period of time, it got broken. It got broken. You know, I no longer had an urge to go back there. Okay. And that's why it's important. The first thing, when we learn to be real and transparent and honest, it sets you free from the pattern that you normally go through. Here's the second thing that it does. When you're real and you're open and you're honest about yourself, okay, it does a deeper cleansing in your life. It does a deeper cleansing. What do I mean by that? You know, when you share, you know, your testimony about your struggle with somebody else and you're going through an addiction, you're going through something like that. When you openly share it with somebody else, you know what you do? Like I said earlier, when you open and share with someone who's a spiritual leader or a trusted person, there's a deep cleansing that takes place inside of your heart. Guess what happens if you constantly keep doing it again and again and again? You get deeply cleaned. Okay, what do I mean by deeply cleaned? Okay, you know those stains on your floor sometimes that you need to brush? And sometimes even if you brush, it doesn't go. You need to brush a little more harder. That's what deep cleansing is. You know, sometimes, you know, you need to be constantly on an open, transparent walk. All right, where you're opening up yourself and you're sharing your struggles and your thought life with somebody else. And there's a constant deep cleansing that is taking place. And here's the last third benefit, okay? When you share, when you're open and you're real and you're honest, okay? Other people, okay, begin to recognize the sin in their own lives. Okay, when you open up and you say that, you know, I'm going through this struggle and I'm, I'm struggling with that. And this is what, you know, my thought life looks like. It opens up their minds to the sins that they're struggling with as well. You know, uh, many times, you know, people have asked me this question. Danny, whenever you share a message, why is it that you often bring up personal stories? You know why? Because when I share the struggles that I've gone through as a person, and, you know, uh, most of my stories, whatever I've shared about my personal life are the struggles that I've gone through, okay? And I focus a lot on the struggle that I've gone through. The reason being, when I open up about my struggles, the people who are listening are able to relate to that. I've, I've mentioned this before, you know, one of the things that people remember, they don't remember the whole message many times, they remember all the stories. And, you know, to, to me, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to a great extent because they at least remember the story. Why? Because in the story, I talk about my struggle. And that struggle, when I talk about it, it opens up their minds to the things that they're struggling with. And it helps them to walk into a life of freedom. And can I say this? When we learn to, you know, be transparent witnesses, transparent witnesses, if there's something shorter, you let me know, okay? If we learn to be transparent witnesses before, you know, the people and we are willing to live out a life that is open and honest and sincere, okay? It changes the way that we live our lives. Why? Because we constantly can 
abide in the love of our heavenly father you know one of the things that um <laughs> let me just share this okay because um it it wasn't very difficult for me honestly but uh, when i started sharing this with other people they found it very difficult they were surprised that i was able to do this okay um again you know the married men might be able to relate to this a little better you know every time i would come home you know one of the constant questions that i would get from my wife was um, hey uh, what happened today who did you meet you know who, what what did you do this thing and i would just shut down you know i would not be able to this I'm like yeah some things and all happened today you know i mean you know who's going to sit and like recount the entire stuff that's unless there's something like that's like dramatic experience you know that took place but i'll just keep quiet and you know like right in the early days of our marriage you know she would be like why are you not saying anything you know and then and then she realized okay man he's tired you know into give him a space so what she started doing and she does it even today okay soon as i come back home you know the first thing that she does she doesn't talk to me she just says ah, hi okay welcome back she takes up my phone and she opens it up and she goes through the whatsapp and she checks my email she checks everything that's on my phone and and then you know like the initial days you know of our marriage is thing hey why are you opening up my phone why are you you know going through all of that and you know what she used to say well you don't tell me anything at least now you know through this i at least have be able to know what's happening and i used to think you know to me that's how it came and i used to think oh that's a good idea you know fine i don't have to you know tell everything like you just go through all of that but you know what i found when i shared this with others they were shocked they were asking me Did she goes through your phone you know especially people you know when the young people before their marriage you know they i would tell them you know you need to be transparent you know we would have this conversation with them and they'd be like no you know i need my space and you know i can't even think of sharing the bed every single day with another person and you know i need my space and i need my you know my phone to myself and my email to myself i need all of those things why should i open up and share all those things with those people it was not easy you know for many people to recognize the importance of being transparent and being real but can i say this again i said this last week and i want to close by saying this again you can learn to only abide in the deep love of our heavenly father when you're willing to be open and transparent about the things and the details that goes on inside of your life this is why you know you've heard me say this so many times okay you need to open up you need to share what are the struggles that you're going through you know the more you keep close and that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do he doesn't want you to be open he wants you to be shut down closed up completely you know go through all the struggles by yourself and that's not the place where the father has designed us as his children to be okay so in close and we're wrapping up the series today okay and my prayer is that even as we close today okay that we would learn to abide in his love on a every single day basis on a daily basis that we would learn to be in his presence we would learn to be in his love that you know we would not run after the things of this world we would not run after addictions and all of the things that the world can give us the appreciation and all of those things that the world can give us but we would learn to constantly walk in the spirit be humble before god and before man and to be able to be transparent witnesses before the whole wide well let us close in prayer father even as we come into your presence right now lord i want to thank you lord father for the series that you've given to us lord lord to be able to lord father experience the father's love and father we know lord father when we walk as your children lord that you love us lord father beyond measure lord we cannot lord father lord lord explain how much you love us lord father and lord even as lord you spoke the series to us as a church lord father i pray for each and every one of us here right now lord lord i pray lord father lord this is something that you would constantly keep 
keep speaking again and again into our hearts, into our spirit, man, Lord Father. Because Lord, we know, Lord Father, without your love, we cannot move forward, Lord Jesus. Lord, even as we heard today, Lord, help us, Lord, to be able to abide, to stay in your love on a daily basis, Lord Father. Lord, Lord, that we would learn to, Lord Father, walk, Lord Father, in the spirit. We would learn, Lord Father, Lord, Lord, to be able to uh, be humble before you and before man, Lord Father. And Lord, that we would learn to be transparent witnesses, Lord, that we would be real and honest, Lord Father, when it comes to our feelings, when it comes to our thoughts, when it comes to our deeds, Lord Father, that we would not close up and hide anything, Lord Father, Lord, where the enemy might be able to operate. Lord Father, Lord, help us to abide in your love in a daily basis, Lord. We thank you, Father, once again for this entire series, 10 weeks, Lord Father, you spoke to us among this subject, Lord Father, and Lord, we pray that we would learn to be, Lord Father, walking as your children in the fullness of the love that you have poured into our lives, Lord. We once again thank you and praise you. In Jesus' most mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. That really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.